Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted with me today? First off, I just wanted to start with an apology. I realize that it's been quite a long time between podcasts. If you're a new listener, then just pretend I didn't even say that because you can just jump from one to the next. But if you've been listening for a while, um, the month of September came along and it was pretty crazy. We have three kids uh, starting four different schools and how that works is our eldest does a physical school so he goes attends a school but he also does some homeschooling courses so those were two start dates for him and uh, different methods and processes if you will and then our next uh, daughter was starting high school and she goes to a different school than our son although they're both in high school because she attends the school where she can access uh, the francophone French program and then our youngest is the easiest as he just walks two minutes to school <laughs> so he's at an elementary school and so that was the start of September. I'd love to hear how the start of September was for you and your families. And then we also, of course, started extracurriculars. So um, our youngest is doing parkour and soccer. And our middle child is doing dance. And our eldest is doing soccer as well. And then uh, my partner, Mike, he also plays soccer. And that's a commitment of two or three times a week, too. So you can imagine how busy um, and routine structured and oriented <laughs> September needs to be. We actually use a, an app called Cozy. C-O-Z-I is how you spell it. C-O-Z-I. And we all coordinate on that for our different schedules. You can actually... Uh, block yourself by a color and then highlight in the schedule and get reminders. So it's a great app out there for any of you uh, families that might be juggling. It also has resolved uh, for us a lot of issues because we'd constantly have, well, when is this for me today? Or what are we doing today? Or who has what? And so now we can just say cozy and the family knows to go to cozy and check it out. So that was basically some of September. I also run a tutoring company called Tutoring with a Twist. And um, we had our record highest uh, enrollment for a September ever. And so that was unexpected, but very welcome. Um, it's awesome that we're helping kids right at the beginning of their school year, instead of sort of maybe coming in as an emergency. And uh, it gives us a real amazing opportunity to help them be successful right from the get-go. Um, but as that wasn't expected 
either. Um, that was a juggle too. And then we were wrapping up a bunch of courses that we took. They all wrapped up at the end of August, beginning of September, and that all had some different components to it. And so <laughs> we've had a busy September. But welcome to October. As I said, I'd love to hear how your September went. Um, and And actually, this is a really good podcast. I am going in order of the ones that I did before, whereas the last set of ones that I did leading up to August were all information-based. So I do like to research and give a lot of information. These ones are taking that information and saying, and now what? So now I'm going to give you the and now what, (laughs) which basically means I'm going to give you some reflection to do on that and some questions you can ask yourself for yourself and then for your family in terms of now that we know this information, what are we going to do with it? And if you're at all believe in how the universe works, um, this break was actually probably pretty good because you could have taken the time to really get to know the past information that I've shared on my podcast. And if you're new, uh, then, you know, feel free to really work through those because they do share a lot of information. And what the podcast today is going to be about is called, Please Do Label My Child. So I'm not sure if you're familiar, but in the school system, there's a way that you can be identified as, um, you could be identified maybe as being on the autism spectrum or having a learning disability. And usually when you get that identification, you would go through a process. So you would have to, the child would have to sit with a psychologist and typically the parents sit with the psychologist for a period of time too and they go through a testing. This testing is usually waitlisted to get into so there's usually you know you can't just get an appointment tomorrow kind of thing and do it Um, and then it's very costly so lots of people will go on the waitlist at at their schools and hope to get in and we've talked to parents that have waited years sometimes for that. We have other families that have paid the money and got the testing themselves done. And again, it'll depend on where you live and and what the availability is, but typically expect that there would be a wait list um, and that you would pay significant money for it. And so what does this designation do? Well, what this designation does is it has your child then be able to have accommodations at school. So for instance, if your child has been labeled with ADHD, so attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, then then your child has the opportunity to potentially get up and walk around in class, or maybe they can sit on a yoga ball, or maybe they have a stress ball in their hand so that they can constantly keep moving without distracting themselves and the rest of the class. And so again, that would be an example of an accommodation. For somebody else, it might be that they are in high school, And they're in a class where there's lots of lecture notes. And so instead of having to focus on the teacher teaching and then uh, also writing down the lecture notes and then also understanding what the teacher's saying and also being able to process it so much that they know when they don't know and then they can ask the teacher a question, they instead get the notes. So they get the lecture notes um, and they're able to then, the theory behind it is, focus more on the teacher's words and what they're saying and their explanation than having to worry about all the other pieces, which is like the copying it down and also understanding while you're copying it down. So my title in saying, please do label my child, is simply to say, why wouldn't we give accommodations to every kid for what they need? So for instance, let's take the last example that I just gave you. 
If you have a child that is struggling in this particular subject, if you could get the lecture notes from the teacher ahead of time, imagine what your child could do with that. They could do something what we call reverse homework, which is where you get the lecture notes ahead of time or the topic ahead of time, and you're able to actually read it over and have a glance and maybe have a conversation with somebody about it or however your learning style works for you to retain that information. Therefore, the first time you're walking into class isn't the first time you're hearing it and having to absorb it and having to write notes down on it on it and having to understand it all in one kind of fell swoop. Um, and, and, and typically that is the way that school is taught. We're not typically given this what I call reverse homework so that you can look at things ahead of time. But why not? Why only give it to the kids that would have an accommodation actually written out for them? Why not see the kids? I mean, there's some kids. I was in school. I could write notes I had my own little shorthand that I created in in my own world. Um, I drew pictures instead of taking all the words down. Um, I had a, a system for me so I could write notes and understand what the teacher was saying. I was okay. But there were several people around me that weren't. So what if they were given those notes? What if they were given that heads up? What if they were taught that their brain doesn't fire just to fire down notes? And that, you know, there is a, an art to note-taking. And then... If you are able to give a child an accommodation, you're respecting where that child's brain is at and, you know, where they're at that particular day or moment in time even. So I do say, please do label my child because lots of times there's a stigma attached to labeling. And so I've had parents say, oh, I don't think I want to get my child labeled because, you know, there's this stigma. Um, For those of you that are not familiar with the word stigma, it means sort of that there's this like bad era or energy or um, label, if you will, put on your child. And so people feel like, well, they're going to have this label and then it's going to stick with them. And then it, you know, they're, they're going to be seen in this negative light. And, and I would argue differently than that. I would say a label is just a label. Like you stick a label with the ingredients or whatever on a ketchup bottle. Well, you're putting the ingredients basically on your child and saying to somebody, hey, you know what, have a read through of this because this will help you get to know my child. And so when I say, please do label my child, I'm not suggesting that you all need to go out and see um, a psychologist and, you know, pay that money. But there's something very simple that we like to use and um, it tests if your child is a visual, auditory, read-write or kinesthetic learner. And again, I have explained these in a past podcast, but just to kind of go over, visual is sort of what it sounds like. So you would think instead of your brain thinking in words, it thinks in pictures and colors. So for instance, I'm a visual learner. Like I mentioned just uh, about two minutes ago, I could write my notes in pictures and I would still understand them. I could take a whole semester of notes in either high school or university and condense it down to a page or two of pictures. That's how succinct I got with how my brain worked visually. Um, and so not only pictures, but color. So for instance, I would section off one piece of the brain when I was studying left versus right brain and just use one color for the left side, just use one color for the right side. My brain retained that information that way. 
For somebody that is an auditory learner, that means that they love stories. So they would love you to tell them a story about something happened instead of having to read facts a story. So, you know, if you're going to teach them history, you wouldn't just give them the dates that the things happened. You'd give them the history behind the person and and their life and, you know, even what they ate that day. And that would give them a rich context to what they're learning. So that's an auditory learner. Auditory learners also really enjoy talking it through. So if you have an auditory learner in your house, you know, set up a debate about something that they're learning about or, you know, say, ah, let's do Q&A at dinner time, question and answer at dinner time, because they're going to retain the information when they hear it talked about or when they talk about it. Study groups are really good for somebody who's an auditory learner as an, another example. Then there's the read-write learners. Oh, wow, school is definitely for them. <laughs> they can read the textbook and then they can write it in their notebook. Um, now, I'm being a little bit simplistic on that, but read-write learners typically ended up doing pretty well in school because their brain really works in that black and white read-write kind of context. And then there's kinesthetic learners. Sometimes we like to label these learners the ADHD learners, the hyperactive learners, but really they just need their body to move. Um, uh, two of my kids are, or probably three of them actually, are kinesthetic learners. And so we have a yoga ball and it sits in our living room and nine times out of ten at the dinner table, somebody sitting on that ball. We suggest that they do their homework on it. It just gives their body the opportunity to move even though they maybe have to be concentrated on doing something. Stress balls, another thing, again, letting their hands be able to move. Um, other son who was kinesthetic, we asked if he could uh, be situated at the back of the classroom so that if he needed to get up and walk while the teacher was talking, wasn't out of disrespect, his body just needed to move. And they're also great at hands-on learning. So my son was studying for his grade eight science exam and it was a first time having a whole bunch of of material to have to study at once and he was feeling a little bit overwhelmed and so in knowing that he was kinesthetic and in knowing that we weren't going to do the experiments in our kitchen what we decided instead to do was look on YouTube so yes I advocate looking on YouTube and looking up science videos so he could see the experiments happening in front of him and that's going to stick in his head and he's auditory kinesthetic learner so he also had the uh, privilege, if you will, of hearing the person on YouTube talking about through the experiment too. So he got both his, his needs met. And that would also work pretty much for a visual learner too. So when I say please do label my child, then I'm really suggesting that um, you do go for the one of those tests. Contact us if you would like to know more about um, where to find those tests. So you can contact us on Facebook at our Parenting with a Twist page. And also our website is up. It's not completed, but it looks pretty good. So I'm okay to share it. And it's parentingwithatwist.com. So as there isn't a course at school called How We Learn, yet all day at school children are supposed to be learning, Seemingly, learning means that as long as a child can memorize and regurgitate what they've heard, they are deemed to be successful in school. This unfortunately doesn't equate to success in life. And as you know, at Parenting with a Twist, we're all about wanting your child to be successful in school and in life. So we do really feel that uh, labeling your child in this case 
is actually a really good thing to do. And the examples I've given you, just a couple, I would love to share more with you and it would be really pertaining to what your child is and what their learning style is. And also a really neat way to think about this too is for yourself. So anytime we have parents come to us about their child, it's one of the first things we have them do is see how their child's brain works. But we also invite them to take the test for themselves for a couple reasons. One is, do you know how your brain works? And do you know how you learn? Do you know how you retain information? Do you know what's best for you? So, sorry about that. If you don't know that, then it's really important for your own self, maybe for at your work or how you process things at home, it would be important, but also for how you explain things to your children. So, you know, here I am, I say, oh, we should get our children to do that. Well, The son that I was just talking about who was in grade eight taking that science exam, I actually hadn't had him do the test. I assumed, wrongly it turned out, that he was a visual learner like me. So when we first started to sit down, or he first started to sit down to study and he asked me to come over and and help, I went and got poster board out and I was going to get markers and he's like, what are you doing? And so here I was thinking he was visual because I was visual and in a lot of ways we're a lot the same. So I sort of just thought he was visual. Anyway, light bulb moment as a parent, I said, oh, you probably need to take this visual auditory read write kinesthetic test and see what you are and how your brain works. And that's where we learned he was the kinesthetic and auditory learner, not visual. And so we did flip the way he was going to be studying for that test. So great to know for yourself and then great to know for your child and then great to know for how you communicate with your child. So I'm not suggesting that you have to take on the whole school system, but why not start with your child and um, yourself and then make a difference that way. And then you can talk to your parent or your parent. Well, you could talk to your parents too about it. Um, I actually do advocate for that, especially if your children spend a lot of time with their grandparents. It would be great for their grandparents to also know how their brain works. And um, what I was going to say, though, was the teacher. So once you figure this information out for your child, sharing it with their teacher, you know, in a really like, mm, not a threatening way to the teacher, but in a way like, you know, I've found this information out about my child. I find that it really works. And I would like us to use this at school for him too. And, And how can we do that? So a reflection question for you then is, can you figure out by connecting with us, Let's figure out what kind of learner your child is. And once you know that, how can you take this information and help them do homework, help them study, help them in their day-to-day life at school? I would love to help you with that. So contact us. It's Parenting with a Twist, and that's the Facebook page that we have. So like us there and connect with us there. Or, as I mentioned, exciting that the parentingwithatwist.com website is up, is not perfected yet, but it's looking pretty good, I think. So connect with us there too. Okay, thanks so much, and uh, I hope you're having a good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.